Good evening. Welcome to a live edition of the BCSN Sports Trap. It's Brian Fulford. Uh, pleased to be back and joining, uh, joined by uh, or joined with AD Drew. I am with AD Drew. AD Drew is with me. However, however, I've, I've fumbled that uh, that intro. Uh, so it's been a week, Drew, and I forgot how to intro the show already. Well, that's what happened when you take vacations and go on family reunions and all kinds of stuff like that Brian you know just just here just glad to be here once again with you my brother uh here not shop not shop jocking today just talking about the facts the relevant facts that have to do with HBCU sports and offering up appropriate opinions Wait a minute. Were you? Were you? Somebody said you were shock jocking last week. Is that? No, is that I, I, I never shock jock, brother. Oh, okay. You must be talking about other people. Is that? Is that what you're doing? I'm not saying anything, man. It's just don't, we, we here. Don't get started. We are here, we are here to do a good, intelligent, productive show right. without the shock. Without without the Stephen A. Okay. All right. See, you're gonna end up. You're going to end up being a conversation for a whole week. <laughs> Keep messing Look, around. Keep messing if around. That, if, that's, if that's what other people got to do to get their ratings, then so be it, my brother. So be it. That means, that means you're paying attention. We relevant. There we go. Hey, it's good to be back again. Hey, uh, first off, you, uh, you, Jamie, Walker, Charles, Edmund, uh, shout out to uh, Executive Director John Grant, and then a little bit later uh, in the show with uh, Kelvin Carter. Outstanding show last week. Um, of course, the the segment that went about a good hour with uh, John Grant. Uh, that that's that's why we do this to have those kind of good in depth conversations. And I think that fed, which is what was really cool is uh the show you guys did really fed a lot of people uh a lot of great content i saw some great articles some great opinions uh different platforms talked about it because you guys had you guys had the man you had you had you had uh john grant and uh he was very open and candid and uh he's look i i really enjoy talking to uh 
to to Mr. Grant. Um, it, it's really, it's really, you know, like I said, and I heard you guys talk about it. It's fun to have those off camera conversations with people uh, like him and others. Um, but being able to to have him in a public a public space like this, where people can really, you know, feed off of the information, and I think. A lot of people's questions as I listen to other shows talk about the band thing, a lot of the questions you you guys asked uh, and they were answered. So I I think anybody who, you know, maybe uh, didn't ask questions, maybe didn't hear a particular segment or didn't hear the whole thing, uh, I would encourage anybody who has not heard last week's interview with John Grant. It's we put it up on our uh YouTube page, the My JBN1, which if you're on YouTube, shout out to everybody on YouTube who's watching. Um got a special announcement to let you guys know about with YouTube shortly. And uh anybody if you download the BCSN Pod Zone, that interview is a separate piece. So you could just watch that interview or listen to that interview by itself, you know, without the without the other good hour and a half of, of content that, <laughs> that surrounded that, it. That surrounded in the, front 30, of the, 30, the thirty minutes before and the one hour after. Yeah, and, and, and Brian, you know what what was funny about that? Uh, and I think maybe I mentioned this on Doctor Cavill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. When we when we set out the script, that segment was only scheduled for for thirty minutes. Right. Oh well, and and here's the backstory. Everybody don't know. You know it, Brian, because this this was your idea. Charles Edmund had contacted you during the day and asked about coming on the show, and I'm like, yeah, I don't mind not having, especially without you being here. It's like that helps uh, ease ease the show up with me having to move over to the two chair one for the show. So Charles Edmund was not even originally supposed to be on the show. Number right. one, right? And that was that was a late add to the show. When, when I'm talking about late add, I'm talking about less than two hours before the show. Yeah, because he added Charles. Yeah, because what's funny is he he called. Now, mind you, I'm on the road coming back from Norfolk, heading to Fayetteville, and we took some back roads out of Suffolk, Virginia, and some look. It's some it, you don't want to be on these roads after six p.m. Put it like that. Just happened to get signal. <laughs> what's to say after sundown? These these were yeah. after sundown roads that you didn't want to be on. <laughs> Put it like that. So there were certain spots where I'm talking to Charles. Hey, Charles, hi. <laughs> Nothing. Then I get to pick back up. I'm talking to Charles again. So he was really cool about that. He was, you know, the he fact understood. that, yeah, he understood. And I'm driving on this one lane road. Well, what is it? Okay. So two how lane. do you describe it? A two lane, but it's one way two on each side. Okay. Two lane highway. Two lane highway. Okay. I'm on a two lane highway. So that part, I'm also kind of. Uh, you know, and everybody else is in the car is half asleep or being cool about me trying to have a half conversation with somebody in and out every 10 set, every 10 minutes. <laughs> so I, I just was like, I was like, Hey Charles, look, let me put you in touch with drew because I didn't get a chance to talk to Charles at SWAC media day. 
usually we get a chance to chat before or after. He was so busy. We, we that never happened. So I, I really wanted him on the show to, 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 for you and and Jamie and Jamie. Obviously, we didn't get a chance to talk to him because he's back at work. He he didn't make Swack Media Day. So I just was like, we got to bring these people together who we didn't get a chance to talk to at Swack Media Day and and have them be a part of the show. And it just so happened that hey. Oh, we also got John Grant, and I know they will do a great job with John Grant. So, it, you know, right. well, but it's it's even deeper than that, Brian, because Charles was only supposed to be on for the first hour of the show, right? right. Because the John Grant interview was scheduled at seven o'clock Eastern yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But during the course of our conversation and everything we saw, John Grant happened to log in early at six thirty Eastern time. Mm-hmm. So, with seeing when I saw John Grant in the waiting room, I just decided, okay, let's go ahead and bring him on early, mm-hmm. and the whole thing just kind of kind of took off from there. Now it was yeah. originally supposed to be a thirty minute segment, started at seven o'clock, and we brought it in early at six thirty and kept it for an hour. And then, honestly, if we did not have another guest, i.e., Kelvin Carter, at seven thirty. That conversation probably would have even continued even longer. Yeah, and, and what was funny is most of the for me, funny for me, I, most of the show I was able to pick up on the road. So again, not able to have a conversation with Charles on the road, but I was able to pick up most of the show on the road. But I think by that point, I had kind of got into civilization, and I was now on a uh, what do you call it, a four lane highway, and. <laughs> Was it divided or was it yellow lines? No, it was divided. There was there was a there was a median. So there was you know I guess we, we were in we were in North Carolina heading uh, probably might have even been on sixty four east heading towards Fayetteville. But uh, yeah, man. So good stuff by you and uh, appreciate everybody who uh, I, I think I saw an article. I'll send it to you. I saw an article. Of course, Stephen Gaither did a write up on it. Uh, also saw an article on uh, on clutch sports as well so shout out to any and everybody who uh picked up the conversation and carried it forward and that's what look we do that on our show a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today is stuff that other people did to work on so uh that that's how this thing works you know we, we we talk about stuff that is going on in the hbcu diaspora that cover that uh, that includes giving credit to the media, people, and such uh, that are that are available and, and covering. So, um, and, and the different shows again. So, got to thank everybody for that. Uh, Want to you guys take a second if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, hit the thumbs up and the like button wherever you are. That's all it takes right now. Just hit the thumbs up, hit the like button. Um, want to please encourage you to make sure you are a subscriber with the Jericho Broadcast Networks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1 is where you can find us. The folks on YouTube, hopefully you are a subscriber to the Jericho Broadcast Networks YouTube page, MyJBN1. Uh, we are going to be dropping membership, a membership club, and we're going to be dropping some exclusive uh, shows, post-game shows, comment, commentary, special first watch interviews, 
uh, discounts, some merchandise, you know, just coming up with some things to engage with uh, the over 2,000 plus folks who are real live active followers. We're hoping that we can grow the number of followers. So those of you who do follow, please, we'd appreciate it if you share our stream on your social networks. Uh, but we, we're going to have uh, membership levels and you'll get a chance to get some subscriber exclusive stuff. So just an opportunity for you to kind of support and continue helping carry us forward for the next 25 years. And so, you know, again, uh, Drew and I, we have been uh, we've been doing this for uh, this is season number seven for this show. But uh, more importantly, uh, the Black College Sports Network has been around for you got to you got to you got to cut that off, Drew. Echo. Or hit mute. There you go. Okay. Uh, for 25 years. And so we've been trying to bring live uh, content that covers HBCUs for 25 years. And, you know, we, we're trying to keep that going. Let me give a few shout outs to the folks that I see in the chats already. Uh, Adrian, you uh, got AD Drew. You know, if, if I could do this, uh, LaDon, can you? Oops. Drew, you, you muted. You... That wasn't supposed to go up yet. We just we just trying to run a, a a television show, Drew. That that's all we're doing here. You, you know, <laughs> that's all we're really trying to do. Uh, shout out to uh, Tamra T. Good to see you, uh, Mary three hundred five. Thank you for checking in, uh, David uh, Garner. Appreciate you coming in. I know David will be dropping headlines throughout the chat. I love that about David. David comes in, drops headlines, a lot of things that we uh, didn't get a chance to talk about. Uh, yes, we are going to talk about that in just a moment, Tamara. The great Ken Riley went to the Hall of Fame yesterday. We're going to talk about that in a little bit more. Edwin Moore checking in. Good to see you, Edwin. Uh, first up in the uh, Facebook comments, Chuck Hutt from Monroe, Louisiana. Good to see you, Chuck. Good evening. Thanks for checking in. Jeremiah Clark. Good to see you. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for coming in. Um, are the unanswered questions are. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, who is this? Maybe, maybe Ann, huh? Okay. Wow. You think? Hmm. Do we want to? I don't even want to start. Do we, do we start already? Huh? We gonna... Campus, hey, campus started. So trash talking is officially started. Okay, campus started. Everybody feels like their team is going to be undefeated. Hold on. Everybody everybody is undefeated today, Brian. Hey, show of hands. Be honest. If you don't think your team is going undefeated, put a thumbs up in the chat or put a, put a hands up. Hands, thumbs up. If you do not think your team is going undefeated. Again, if you do not think. I didn't say if you think. I said if you are honest with yourself and know that your team is not going undefeated, put a thumbs up. I'll be interested to see. And put your, your team name. I'm curious to see how many honest folks we have in here who really think uh, their folks aren't going <laughs> unbeaten. Cause right now everybody's, everybody's unbeaten and all everybody's unbeaten. Everybody's going unbeaten. Um, look at Dave, David doing his thing. Yes. That was a great postseason fight, David. Yeah. Or uh, did, you, did you hear did the you play, by play by play? Yes. The play by play. Was, Anderson. That was so good. 
do, do you think you could have I look as a as two guys who dabble in play by play, right? Do you think you could have performed on the spot with uh with such grace and clarity as the play by play man did for on that call? And I and I I I'll look his name up in a second, but uh he was he was on it. Yeah, he was on it. Uh I I I don't know, Brian. You know, I've I've been in some situations. Normally, you know, we've always tried to get away from the get away from the fight when we've been broadcasting or get away from those incidents because we don't want our coverage to be the coverage that gives HBCU bad names. And so yeah, but that doesn't really, really give we a bad really had, No, no, but, but when, when they talk about that, if they if we have a fight on a game that we're producing on the Black College Sports Network, where is everybody going to go pull their feed from? Black College yeah. Sports Network. So, and it's kind of always been our policy to, we got the cameras rolling, but we're going to cut away. And, and then uh, we'll come back and tell you about it. That's always been Roy's policy when it comes to stuff like that so haven't had that opportunity thank god what up j-dub jamie walker checking in hey appreciate uh, appreciate that hard yeah, work yeah. Last week, J- jamie kudos to you uh along with I'll, I'll say it again i'll say it as often as i can uh kudos to you uh charles edmund uh i've, I've given drew his flowers uh so I, I think he's i think he's good uh and uh we, and, and then of course kelvin uh Carter. Um, but yeah, uh Tom Hamilton was the play-by-play man. Uh, I believe he was the play-by man for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, listening yes. listening to his familiarity with the player from the Guardians, Jose Ramirez. I, I gotta believe that he was Cleveland's man, but man, he called a great <laughs> I mean, because he, he he transitioned so smoothly from the play to the slide to the fight. And, I mean, he captured everything in that clip. It was like, wow. Uh, so, yeah, did, did a that's great a job. That's a trained professional. That's all we yes, that, that's a, that's a, that's a That's a professional. Definitely, uh, indeed. So, um, okay. So, uh and, and, and speaking of Jamie, uh, since he wasn't able to join us for SWAC Media Day because he's in the educational field, uh, and you also in the educational field, me formerly an educator, this is that big time, emotional time of the year, Brian, when kids go back to school. Oh. If you have a five, six-year-old, you know, you're excited, but you're sad because my baby is leaving the house for real. <laughs> when you've got a middle schooler, get your A up out by house. Are you really? Really? That's yeah. how you're feeling as a for your middle yeah, school you, kid. Wow. Wow, Drew. That's right. Kind of- when when you have a high schooler. You're lucky are if you, they uh, speak to you. Are you are you going to school on the first day? Are you, go, are you going to school? Uh, you need to get up and go to school. <laughs> and then... Start, start talking to them like a grown like a grown adult, huh? But then it comes back around when you have a college student getting ready to leave because 
they're, they're leaving the nest. And that's a, the same sad feeling that you had when your son or your daughter went to kindergarten for the first time. It's the same feeling that you have when they go off to college and you drop them off and you get in that car and drive back home. Mm. Been, been, been through the whole gamut there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I gotta, I gotta show you, you, you made me think of something here. I'm going to see how quickly I can pull this up. Uh, I'm going to share my page here. I'm, I'm sharing an Instagram page from, uh, from our, from our Jericho broadcast networks, brother, uh, John, uh, the grumpy old nerd himself. Uh, this is, uh, this is something that he posted on Instagram. I thought you'd get a kick out of this. John Moran. Everyone's timeline soon. My baby is headed back to school. <laughs> a well-dressed gremlin is still a gremlin. <laughs> wait, 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 with the new kicks, new kicks, and the new, and the new fit. Hey, notice, notice the lunchbox, the lunchbox of Gizmo, the, with the Gizmo lunchbox. Yeah, and, and that lunchbox will be left on the bus the first day. Probably, yes. All kinds of less. So, yes, get ready. Because your timeline is about to be inundated with uh, with with pictures of kids at the button. Hey, some, I saw a, some, some states you've already they've already started some school districts. Yes, started. exactly. My my niece in North Carolina, she started school. She's probably about two weeks into school now, maybe a week or two. I think two weeks in North Carolina. Um, school district I I worked at started July twenty eighth. One I used to work at July twenty eighth. Yeah. Uh what what was I gonna say? The um uh <laughs> what do you say, Edwin Gremlin or Grambling? Um, <laughs> don't get started. Don't get started. I didn't know what that happened. I didn't know if that was a G or a J on his hat. It was L. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna care if that was an L. That was not a G. That was not a G or a J. That was an L. So you, you cannot imply <laughs> about that. Uh, oh, my God. What was I? I was just I had somebody who's going back to school. We were just talking about those. Uh, ah, dog, it, it, it skipped my mind there. I, I, you were talking about who's going back to school and everything. And it just anyway. Um, so we'll kind of move forward with that. Um, all right. Let, let's kind of let's get into one of the first headline. What news what is, notes? What take break perk is nah, I don't want to break. Nah, nah, let, let's 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 cover this and right. then we can kind of take the break after this one. Uh, right. but uh, Ken Riley, senior, aka known as the Rattler, former f former Florida AM player, coach, um, athletic director, and of course, a defensive back with the Cincinnati Bengals for 15 seasons. Uh, when he retired, he finished with 65 interceptions, and it took him, uh, sadly, until two, three, no, three years after he had uh, died. Uh, Riley died in 2020 to be enshrined into the Hall of Fame. This past Saturday, it was his son Ken Riley II who gave a great speech 
Um, I I love the towards the end of his speech. He he threw in the blood, sweat, and tears reference. I don't know if anybody caught that. I, I certainly did when I heard it. Of course, he played for the legendary Jake Gaither, uh, who, whose teams traditionally had what? The blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, you, you know, uh, 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 moniker, that, that era of the Gaither years. And it was just a good speech. Uh, at the end, he concluded, it's been a long time coming, Dad, but you made it. Um, so uh, congratulations to the Riley family. There was a lot of work that went on in the background. You know, Drew, he's the fifth. He's still tied for fifth all time in interceptions. Charles Woodson. Back, back that up, Ryan. When he retired 40 years ago, this year, he was number four. I was going to say, uh, yeah, I figured he yeah. was either third or fourth when he no, retired. he was number four, and now he's tied for fifth. Yeah. After 40 years, Brian. So that means only two other people caught him or got close to his numbers. And, of course, Charles Woodson, who tied him, Charles Woodson went in, mm, I believe, 2020. Uh, many people regarded Charles Woodson as a first ballot guy, right? So that just kind of – now, he also, of course, Charles Woodson spent some time as a punt returner as well. But still, the fact that here's a guy, Charles Woodson, who got in first ballot, and it took 40 years for Ken Riley to get in. So On the Veterans Committee. Well, yeah, exactly, on the Veterans Committee. So, you know, talk about – that's the brutal nature – of getting into the Hall of Fame. I mean, there are only so many, and that's why it's such an exclusive club. Uh, Riley, I believe, is number member number 368. I believe there are now only something 370-something total members, dead and living. But it is, and just think, there are thousands of football players every year. So that number has, out of, there's less than, less than, Ooh, do the math here. If there, let's just say if there's 40,000 people who have played football, Drew, um, and only less than 400. Is that 1% or less? What is that? Point. That's point. That, okay. Wow. So less than 1%. Yes. Less than 1% have actually made it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, and so it is an exclusive club, a club of clubs. Um, I, you know, I don't know how many, uh, we, we could sit here and probably debate more exclusive clubs, <laughs> but in the sports world, uh, it, it's pretty much up there. Is it not? Very much. I, and not only the pro football hall of fame, but all of the hall of fame, be it baseball, be it basketball, they're all very exclusive clubs, especially when you consider, the number of people who have played at that level. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, obviously it's an honor for Ken Riley. The whole family was honored that he was chosen to be a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, maybe one of the reasons it took him so long was most of those big old teams that he played on were not good. 
Let's mm. be real. You right. know, they they had to run in 81 and 82 those last couple of years. It was good. But prior to that, the Bengals were rather putrid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those were, so, you know, he finished his career in the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, or two, uh, well, he finished in the 83. No, no. The 81 team. Eight, yeah, so he played, 81 team is the one that went to the Super Bowl, so he played yeah. two additional seasons. And he wasn't on the team that went to the Super Bowl. In 87. Uh, was it 87? I thought, yeah, okay, yes. you're right. Okay, so yeah, the one that he went to was the one in the Pontiac Silverdome with um, Kenny Anderson. Uh, and they lost to the the beginning of the 49ers era and Joe Montana. That was the that Ronnie was the game. yeah right. That was the beginning of pre Jerry Rice. Pre Jerry Rice, exactly. Well said. Definitely pre Jerry Rice joining that team. Okay, so I went and looked up, and so this is for you guys in the chat. Okay, and so here's what we're gonna take a break, and I want you to think about. Try to do this without Google searching. Okay. Without Google searching, I know that requires a little bit of honesty here at this day and age, but I want you to, A, I want you to think of how many HBCUs have a member of the Hall of Fame in it. How many? Now, that's Division One and Division Two. Okay, so I want to say, is that, a, what is, what's going on there? Is somebody cooking something? Um, oh, that was our time of saying it's time to go on break. Okay, see, I knew that's what that was. Okay, so well-timed. So, again, first question I'm going to ask you, folks in the chat room, no, Adrian, it's way more – It's more. I'm going to tell you, more than that. So I've, I've already given you a baseline. The number of HBCUs with a member in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then I want you to think about also how many schools or which school – I kind of gave it away. How many schools have the most players? And there is a tie, okay? So, again, marinate on that. Uh, when we come back out of the break, a little trivia for you guys right here on the Sports Wrap, and then we'll keep it going. You guys be nice to each other in the chat room, man. I know, you know what I'm saying? Just, just don't make me have to suspend you in the chat room, okay? We can have a little fun, but let's keep it, let, let's keep it social, okay? We, 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 we don't want to, you know, we don't want to get too off the chains in the chat room, all right? So, uh, just a little preface on that. So, you're watching the uh, BCSN Sports Wrap. Uh, right here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll take a break and come back uh, in two minutes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. 
contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Um, all right. So uh, I, I will encourage you guys, if you are able to join us Wednesday evening, I'm doing a little promo here, Drew. Wednesday evening on the ONG Strike Zone, we will have, uh, joining the show, Vaughn Wilson of HBCU Game Day, and most likely – we will have Ken Riley II, who gave the induction speech for his dad. Both of those gentlemen will be joining the show. Of course, they're both Rattlers. Of course, Vaughn played for Coach Riley. Um, Ken, of course, being his son. <laughs> so uh, it, they, Vaughn and other former players were in attendance at FAMU. There was a nice FAMU presence. It wasn't overshadowing. I mean – you know, you saw the two Venom mascots there chilling with the Bengals uh, Hude mascot. So it was, it was really good to see uh, the FAMU included in the Hall of Fame uh, parade. You know, I, I think I saw Will Packer. I have no idea how Will Packer made it. I think Will Packer – look, I don't know the relationship. Will Packer's everywhere. I don't know how Will Packer ended up there. <laughs> I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be ugly and be like, "How the hell did Will Packer get into parade?" But he may know somebody. Him and Ken, maybe I don't know. It was, you know, so props to Will and his he, wife. He's a rattler. It was good to see Will. You know, Will, you know, that's the kind of ambassador of the entertainment world you want to see. So I'm like, whenever Will shows up with that great smile of his, hell, I will buy it. You know, Will says "fam you" all over his face. So. Uh, shit, we'll, we'll take it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Will, Will was there, and uh, it was good to see. There were a lot of former players there. Tallahassee, show, uh, uh, not Tallahassee, Bartow, people from Bartow, that community. There were some great videos. I, I know I tried to t retweet as many as I, as I could, so you can also kind of catch those at ONG Strike Zone on Twitter. Uh, is it Twitter now? X, whatever it is. We'll keep calling it Twitter. How long before it takes us to stop calling it Twitter, Drew? 
No, Brian, and I, I know everybody here has done that. When they first changed the logo to X, how many of y'all hit the X thinking it was the back button so that you could close something out? <laughs> not did paying you, attention. Did you really? Which, which X, not paying attention to which X you were hitting. Hit the wrong X. I hit the logo instead of the, the little X in the corner. Well, what I've also noticed is they now call things uh, post and repost. And, you know, so they, they're starting to slowly move away from the phrase tweet, tweeting, retweet. You know, if you notice that on your app. They but, like, but again, I don't know how long it'll take me to not call Twitter Twitter. Right. I just. Is, is, is it a tissue or is it a Kleenex? Ooh, wow. That's a great one right there. Uh, I'm going to call it a tissue. Most people still call, are going to call it a Kleenex no matter what brand of tissue it is. It's a Kleenex. If you if you do a ride share, are you Ubering even though you're ordering Lyft? Lyft. I, I need is to catch it, Uber. Is it DoorDash even though it came via Uber Eats? All right, I see where we're going here. Let's stop before it gets out of hand. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Why do you so, drive on a parkway. You park on a, in a driveway. Yeah. Oh wow! Stop it. There we go. <laughs> keep. We can keep that going all day. So, uh, yeah, I don't know exactly. Why stop calling it Twitter? It's it's whatever we call it. All right, Edwin. I hey I. Just speaking of, I did see Elon Musk tweet out something that if you lose your job. Due to now, he said, due to people you follow or a like or a retweet, and I gotta go find the tweet exactly. But he said you can send a note to him, and his defense there's like a ex defense fund that will defend you in court if you lose your job due to somebody you follow. If you lose your job due to somebody you follow. Trust me, they were already looking for an excuse. This was just the fight. That was just the final straw. There's plenty of other evidence that they will present to the judge. <laughs> that bad tweet. Unless that tweet was just that bad. I mean, Brian, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. Donald Trump didn't get fired for his tweets. Nobody going to get fired for their tweets. Well, look, we all we all can't be a. How can I say that politely? We 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 all can't be Donald. Let's Trump. All right, let's move on. Okay, so the question before we went to break was: How many schools? How many schools have a Hall of Famer, a Pro Football oh. Hall of Famer? Oh, how many? How many? How many schools? Yeah. How, so again, well, the schools, not not. Not no, not that question. Not let's let not okay. which HBCUs have the most yet. We'll we'll get to that. Uh, not even that question. I'm gonna start with the first question. How many schools? How many HBCUs are there? Let me go back through the. Uh, I don't see anybody that has. I see a couple of people who have brought in numbers uh, again it all started adrian cook said six so I, I as i said before the break that's too low that's too low 
Uh, so you got to go a little bit higher to I, that. I saw one in the neighborhood based on what uh, you told me pre-show. Don't don't hit if if you're if you're if you're talking about hers, don't hit hers yet because I can't somebody, even because I hit market. Yeah, somebody, somebody, somebody is like on point with this. Uh, I see one person who's already on point. I'm not. I'm not gonna say who it is just yet. Uh, anybody? Anybody want to guess? Uh, let me. Let me throw it to you, Drew. I have you guess. Uh, obviously, you I told me the double. Did I, I already told you the number? Come on, anybody? Come on, anybody? Come on, throw a number so, out there, guys. Come on, you guys in the chat room. Let's have some fun. Anybody have a how many HBCUs? Um, let's see. How about this? I'll go this route. How many schools in the SWAC have a member in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Boom. Yep. There we go. Jeremiah Clark knows that one. So there are nine schools. Nine schools in the in the swag. All right. So Jeremiah Clark has got that. So with that said, we keep getting up. We're getting close. Anybody want to take a stab at how many? Uh, I'm not sure. Mary, Mary three or five. Can I, think can, can, I, can I ask a question, Brian? Yes. With that nine. Does that consider higher? higher does okay. that higher? Does that swag number consider FAMU and BCU? I said current members of the SWAC. Yes, it current does. members. Okay. Yeah. Uh oh, here's well, a question. Edwin, if I tell you, if I tell you how many, yeah, but see, <laughs> then I then I'll tell you the opposite of that answer. Uh, obviously, if there are nine, then that means there's three who don't. Right, but can you name the three? Is what he said. Ooh, I think that's where um, he's going. Okay, I, I've got the list. Um, I, I'll give I'll give one name, and then let's see. Marianne, higher, higher, twelve. We're we're higher. We're getting warmer, folks. We're getting higher. We're getting warmer. We, uh, hey, y'all would be good at the prices, right? They 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 yes. make it a bid without going over. Uh, Michael Reed is too high, too high. Mike, twenty three schools so got a range from twelve to twenty three. Yeah, too high. Um, UAPB does not have someone in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. One of the Alabama schools does not have someone in the Hall of Fame. That that would have to be state. Bingo. Because John Smallworth is in with AM. Chuck, Chuck Hunt just dropped the last one in there. Although it That's makes right. you because McNair is not in the Hall of Fame. Correct. Not in the yeah. Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, All right. Now it's questionable whether he's he got, that would that would that would would have does does he belong in the NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame? That's an interesting debate. I know he deserves to be in there way more than Andrew Luck, and I hate these. I hate that whole thing that's going on. Out Luck there. is going up. Nick Luck is on the ballot God. next year. That he, look, hell to the no. He's no way he's Hall of Famer. Um, no way. But he uh, playoff game. Stop it. Yeah, he beat Kansas City. 
You beat Kansas City. Uh, Chocolate says Donald Drivers should be in the pro player. That would give all corn there first, wouldn't it? All right. So we're down to – we got 12 to 23. Okay, I'm going to let y'all sit on that one. Let's go to the next question then. We'll, we'll come back to that. How many HBCUs have a Pro Football Hall of Famer? We're somewhere between 12 and 23. You guys are still thinking about it or you're Google searching right now, one of the two um, at this point. Uh, how, let's go to the next. What was the other question, Drew? How many players? How many players? Now, I think you have to also consider players, contributors as well. So it could be players, coaches, contributors. Okay? So I want to say – in that total number of Pro Football Hall of Fame, it's not just players, uh, but it could also be contributors or coaches. So what's the number? And I think somebody did hit the number. Did you see it, Drew? Somebody did hit the number. And it was during the break. Did you catch it? Yeah, you started. I did that. You started. Oh. Uh, hold on. Don't don't put it up yet. Don't put it up yet because you also got the second part of the question right. I can't put it up because I can't find it. So I hope you All got right. it. All right. Well, don't worry about it. It's under start. So uh, Mary305 got it right. She said 34. So she said 34 individuals are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame representing blank number of HBCUs. Again, that range between 12 and 23. We're still looking for somebody to actually come up with that number. Um, I can't believe you guys can't figure this out. But that's understandable. That's why we did it. I thought this would be a great trivia question. Okay. Now, the last part of that, which I also think Mary 305 got right, there are... Yeah. <laughs> no, not her. There's no way she she just knows this. Come on. She's an astute, <laughs> she's, she's an astute uh uh consumer of uh HBCU and football knowledge. There's no way she's on Google. How many schools have the most representatives in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? And it is a tie. There's more than one. I'm gonna go out on a limb, Brian, mm-hmm. and say because you did not discuss this with me before the show. I'm gonna say Jackson State would be number one. They would be one of them, yes. Okay, would be one of those ones tied. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, uh, Cedric Walker, yes. So we know the number now. It, it we and there's another school, Grambling and Jackson State, but there are two other schools that also have. Four players. Um, Mike Reed. Mike Reed's got one of the two. So there's the third school, South Carolina State. How many does FAMU have now? FAMU actually has two. Two. uh, two. Bob Hayes and now Ken Riley. Just two. More to be coming, I'm sure. Hopefully a guy like Nate Newton, uh, Henry Lawrence. Uh, so I, that number could be growing. I saw Doc put in there somebody for UAPB. Who did, he, did you see that in there? Uh, no, Doc I didn't. Jumped in. Uh, LC Greenwood uh, for UAPB should be in. That's a. That's a uh, is that the LC Greenwood that played for the Steelers? Where did he play professionally, Doc? LC Greenwood. I, I remember I the name. He, I, I think Greenwood did play for the Steelers. Uh huh. 
Yep. Um, I know Bradley Nisa Shore has uh, – There's the fourth right there. Michael Jones, good one. Morgan State. Yes, yeah, so the four school and, – and, you know, surprisingly, no. Somebody put in there Tennessee State. No, Tennessee State actually has two. two. Ed Jones uh, and who? No, no, Richard Dent and Claude Humphrey. That's Tennessee State. You mean too tall is not in? Uh, Number one draft pick, 1974, Tennessee State. I didn't see it. And again, I I pulled, I just, just for clarity, I pulled all this information off the Pro Football Hall of Fame website. So I didn't go like to Google or, or Wikipedia. I pulled it right off the Pro Football Hall of Fame website. Oh, yeah. I think that would probably be the most accurate. I, I would think source. so, too. I would think so, too. So I don't. Uh, I, just, I just, maybe I just assumed that Ed Tutal Jones would be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, go look at that link. Go look at the link that I sent you. And uh, hold on. Here, I got it pulled up. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, see, we got Mike. I know you got Michael Strahan from, from Texas Southern. No, he is not. Ed Tutal Jones is not a Hall of Famer. Okay. Pro Football Hall of Famer. Wow. Now, here okay, so yeah, just in just in case you, you wanted to know. Um and of course, uh let's see. So so yes, those four schools that uh, we mentioned, South Carolina State, Morgan State, Jackson State, Grambling. That's that's the four. That's the Mount Rushmore of schools. Now, what's also interesting, though, Drew, only two of those four have members that only went to that school. So when you look at the list, actual members of two of the schools went to another school as well. A non-HBCU. A non-HBCU, correct. So, the question is, to the floor, who are the two schools that have four members that only went to their school? Which two schools? Let's see who can jump in there first. Boom, Cedric Walker, right off the bat. Yes, sir. Nice job. Grambling and Jackson State. Grambling. Willie Brown, Junius Buchanan, Willie Davis, Charlie Joyner for Grambling. For Jackson State, you had Lem Barney, Robert Brazil, Walter Payton, and Jackie Slater. Now, the other two schools, um, let's see. Uh, Morgan State had... Let's see. I'm going to look it up here just to make sure. Morgan State had Roosevelt Brown, Lynn Ford, Leroy Kelly, and Willie Lanier. Now, the interesting thing, Lynn Ford also attended Michigan. So, you know, Michigan gets Michigan and Morgan State share the designation of Lynn Ford going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame coming from their school. Uh, can you imagine what this is going to look like in 20 years, all these kids in the transfer portal, Drew? Uh, 
hey, here's so-and-so. He went to this school, this school, and this school. All three schools claiming him yeah. to get into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Don't, and then don't let him be a multiple free agent, one of those. Don't let him be Deion Sanders. What do you who mean? had a Hall of Fame career. Deion Sanders had a Hall of Fame career. Oh, yes. Atlanta, yeah. Dallas, excuse me, Atlanta, San Francisco, Dallas, uh, Washington. Did he play for Baltimore for a minute? He did. He did. Yeah, and, yes, and did. Baltimore. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina State. Let me go to South Carolina State to finish this off. They had two players that attended not only their school, but another school. The four names that represent South Carolina State are Harry Carson, Deacon David Deacon Jones, Marion Motley, and Donnie Shell. Uh, Marion Motley, there it is. Chuck Hunt got it. Marion Motley, uh, yep, played for the University of Nevada, which is their only member, you know. So, hey, great for <laughs> he represented the University of Nevada. Uh, he is their only school, only member of that program who went to the uh, to the uh, Hall of Fame. And, De- and Deacon Jones attended Mississippi Vocational, which is their only. Uh, designation into the Hall of Fame. Now, I, I don't know what Mississippi Vocational became. Is it still around? Can anybody educate me on that? Is it, was that a junior college? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to do a little research, uh, which I did not do. What What's also interesting is I don't know, and I guess you could do a little digging. Did uh, Edwin Moore says it's Valley. Is that what Valley became? I don't know. Is that a guess? Is that a guess or is that fact, Edwin Moore? Um, but what I don't know is, you know, did Deacon Jones finish his career in collegiate and college at South Carolina State? Did Marion Motley finish his career? Okay, so okay, so yeah, Mississippi. Okay, so so that's interesting. So Jerry Rice gets credit for being Mississippi Valley. Is only Hall of Famer, but they also give credit to Mississippi Vocational. So shouldn't Valley technically have? Shouldn't they combine that in there and say that Valley actually has two? They should sort of combine that, right? They should combine that to say they have two Hall of Famers. I, you know, I don't know, Brian. I don't, Brian. We're getting in the woods. We're getting you, in the weeds. You assume, weeds. Brian. If you and I did not know. Mississippi Vocational is not Mississippi Valley State. You assuming somebody can't know Ohio was going to know this, Brian? Look, that's why. That's think why about we have, it. Think hey, about look, it. That's why we have these if, shows. If we didn't educate, if we didn't have our listeners from Mississippi. We, hey, Cedric said, Cedric said Valley claims him. So Valley claims him. So I, the Hall of Fame should claim him too. I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Cedric. Yeah, they they claim him. So should. Um, I was trying to see, okay, so we answered that. So yeah, Valley has two, Rice and Deacon Jones. They do claim Deacon, Deacon Jones. Um, I was trying to see who has, uh, so, so that any, any other trivia thoughts? Uh, there is a couple of division two schools that have 
members in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, there are actually three divisions, Division two schools. Uh, any, can you name those three? Name the three Division two schools, current Division two schools, that have members in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Any ideas, Drew? Albany State? No. Oh, is it well, Fort Valley? It's one of the one of the. I knew it was one of those two. Had one. Fort Fort Valley, Rayfield, right? Yeah. There's two others. Uh, uh, well, one one should be real obvious. Real obvious. Come on, Drew. I know it's a, it's a Tuskegee, is it? <laughs> no, it's not Tuskegee. No, I was about to say, you say obvious. I'm like, I My, know it's Michael, Tuskegee. Michael Reed, you got two of the three. You, you're one off. You're one off. You Savannah got State. Got yes, yes thank you. Yes, yes. Savannah State with a, with <laughs> yeah. who? Uncle Shay Shay. Uncle Shay Shay. Savannah Sharp. And then any idea who the third, the third school? Now, again. I say I do it with Tuskegee. No. Uh, and I'm trying to think because a lot of the D2s have younger programs. Kentucky State has a newer program. Benedict has a newer program. There's an asterisk next to this one because he is not actually a player. Hmm. I just throw it out. And this happened recently, too. This happened recently. I'm done. Bill Nunn, West Virginia State University. I would have never gotten that. Uh huh. Bill Nunn. Yeah. Uh, Bill Nunn, who uh, went to West Virginia right. State. Uh huh. And uh, of course, given credit for uh, uh, what he did in helping to build the dynasty of the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s. Nunn was a standout basketball player at West Virginia State uh, who spurned tryouts from the New York Knicks and Harlem Globetriders to join his dad at the Pittsburgh Courier, a national black-owned newspaper with a curriculum, with a circulation, excuse me, of more than 400,000 at its peak. Uh, as sports editor, he regularly covered HBCU sporting events, making inroads at the schools no one else matched. Each fall, he compiled the definitive Black College All-America team and Honor the Courier first launched in 1950. He was a one-man selection committee, uh, committee, and his choices carried tremendous influence. Yeah, Bishop College. But where? Where is? Okay, okay. Educate me, Doc. Bishop College. Okay, hold on. Let me. So did I get one wrong? Bishop College. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Bishop College. Uh, it just says Bishop, so I possibly looked over this one. Um, oh, okay. Bishop College. I didn't know Bishop College. Look, see, I'm, I'm being educated today. I have no problem saying I, 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 I don't know what I don't know. So, well, yes. So, does that bring your trivia question to a uh, correction? Yes. So, I have to update now. I have to say... The number of schools has gone up one, but it's still within that range. And the total number is no longer 34. It's 35. Look at that. I, I love you guys, man. This is why I love doing this and having this type of interaction um, for for the educational purposes. Uh, so I, I love it. I love it. I'm adding him to my 
my list here. Thank you. Uh, so I hope I didn't forget anybody else. Um, so okay, one one last one last shot in the dark here. Um, we were between twelve and twenty three. I will narrow it down and say it's between fifteen and twenty. Anybody want to take a shot? One answer. You got <laughs> one answer, Drew. Come on. Come on. You can't get this wrong. One shot. It's like playing the lottery here. Oh, I told you I already know, so it's no, it's no fair for me. Oh, you already know? All right. Yeah. All right. Well, I will go ahead and spoil it, Ben, and say it is 18. 18. HBCU. So previously I was saying 17, but H 18 HBCUs. Uh, you were close, ODB. You were, you were a little bit off, not far. So again, the list is Alabama AM with one. Bethune Cookman. I'll go ahead and say the names, Drew, because it's not like it's a long list. I'll go ahead and say the names. Give these guys their props. Alabama AM, John Stallworth. Bethune Cookman, Larry Little, Bishop College. Emmett Thomas wasn't previously on my list until after the show. Florida AM, Bob Hayes and Ken Riley. Fort Valley State with Rayfield Wright. Grambling, as mentioned, Willie Brown, Junius Buchanan, Willie Davis, Charlie Joyner. Jackson State, Lem Barney, Robert Brazil, Walter Payton, Jackie Slater. Maryland Eastern Shore, Art Shell. Mississippi Valley State, uh, Jerry Rice. Morgan State. Roosevelt Brown, Lynn Ford, Jerry Rice, and Willie Lanier. Well, yes, we can say Mississippi Valley State. We can say Jerry Rice slash uh, Deacon Jones. North Carolina A&T, Elvin Bethea. Prairie View A&M, Ken Houston, Savannah State, Shannon Sharp. South Carolina State, Harry Carson, Deacon Jones, Marion Motley, Donnie Shell. Southern University, Mel Blunt, Harold Carmichael, Aeneas Williams. Tennessee State, Richard Dent, Claude Humphrey, Texas Southern, Winston Hill, and Michael Strahan, and West Virginia State, Bill Nunn. 18 HBCUs, 35 individuals. Um, yes. So that's the that's the list. Again, that list comes from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, of course, uh, the, the two schools that have the most Hall of Famers uh, come from Notre Dame and South uh, Southern Cal, USC. Both of them have 14. Although Southern Cal has caught Notre Dame of recent years. Uh, then followed up by Michigan with 11. Ohio State with 10. And Pitt with 10. The U, Miami of Florida. Miami, Florida has nine. So talk about uh, a program on the rise. So again, uh, good stuff there. Okay, well, what we wanted to do is go back for a second and play our conversation that we had with Dr. Charles McClellan uh, from the SWAT Media Day. Uh, I believe myself, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, had a great conversation with uh, Dr. McClellan. And I, and I think it's appropriate, Drew, we kind of listen to this, given some of the conference churning 
that has happened in the media rights deals. Yeah, in the FBS level. Um, This let me preface this: this will not be a (laughs) stop it, Michael. Why did you put that out there? You got me laughing. You got me off track. Damn you, dude! Stop it! Stop it! See, that's not even cool. Um. Talk about the conference turning. Thank you. Conference turning is happening at the at the power. This will not be one of those media rights conversations. Okay, so I'm going back up. I'm going to say, whoa, we're not going to get into money that ain't ours, money that ain't coming to us, money that a lot of you all wish was coming to us and want to know why it ain't coming to us. No, we're not having that conversation. Now you guys can have that conversation all day in the chat room. Uh, you know, there's a few people in there who might be able to educate y'all, but let's just kind of sit back, listen to Dr. McClellan, those of you who didn't catch our conversation with him, and then let's kind of, we'll go to a break and come back and kind of dissect what we're hearing and, uh, go from there. How's that sound, Drew? Go on to break, then come back with the interview? No, no, no. Go to the interview and then go to break. All right. All right. Here's Dr. Charles McClellan from the uh, SWAT Media Day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If I could do this, uh, LaDon, can you bring me my Pepsi, sir? <laughs> Thank you. I'm a little thirsty. It'll make sure it's the right, yeah. make sure it's yeah. the right yeah. drink. That's, right there. That's what you call product placement. Product. Yeah. Hold, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir. That's what you call product placement. A businessman, undergraduate degree at Prairie A&M University (laughs) in the uh, School of Business over there, College of Business, I should say. With that being said, congratulations on a great 2022-2023. I want to start this off for all those who don't know. Obviously, this is our Commissioner's Southwestern Athletic Conference, and I'm personalizing it there, Um, taking a little liberty, Dr. Charles McCullough. Uh, they're making his rounds in terms of that and no official state of the address because you said, hey, y'all have questions. Let's Absolutely. ask questions and answer them. Absolutely. So let's get started right there in terms of moving forward. What makes you excited about this football season? You know, there's a lot of entry coming in. We have brand new coaches. Uh, we have a lot of new talent from a student athletes. Uh, perspective. People were wondering, well, what is the Southwestern Athletic Conference going to do now that uh, Coach Prime is gone? Well, just look around. Uh, the largest media day that we've had to date. Uh, the excitement is there. When we looked at our numbers uh, from an ESPN perspective, when we looked at our numbers from an HBCU Go perspective, a television perspective, they were off the charts. 
And as you know, the revenue that's generated is based upon eyeballs on your conference. And we are at one of the highest levels. You know, I've said this there three, four, five years ago, there used to be this debate, linear TV, digital TV. Right. We looked at the numbers. We actually outdrew on plus ESPN plus some of our linear games that were on national television. So people have changed the way that they watch sports. They're viewing it. They want live sports. And over 80% of our football games are going to be on either ESPN, Family Networks, or HBCU Go. And quite a few of those are going to be primetime live. So however you want it, we're going to be able to deliver it to you. And I think for me, that is significant. Dion had additional people that did not know what SWAC was all about to take a look at us. Mm -hmm. What we've seen through the numbers is that they are still looking at us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how we know that, we looked at the basketball numbers. We looked at the softball numbers. We looked at the baseball numbers. All of those numbers were significantly higher. So it's our job to continue to put a quality product out on the field. And how do you do that? And that's by what these outstanding coaches have done, bringing in top talent, having great games, being able to showcase those games, and playing on these networks. And that's why we've been elevated, you know, from ESPNU to 2 to ESPN to ABC uh, because of the product. And we're going to continue to put out a quality product. I talked about this earlier. This conversation came up in terms of, Dion' ability to get through this was similar to antique car. Uh, you see great painted and it looks new. Everybody's excited about it. But once you open the engine and you see it's a new engine, pristine, uh, you get excited about it. You can close it, but everybody is still excited about that car because Correct. now they got to see the inside of it. Example of what you're talking about. Let's get it into some of uh, the revenue in regards to HBC Go. So he, Last he year really is asking. Uh, <laughs> you said ask, Doc. Question, you yeah. said ask away, right? All right go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you choose right. what you want right. and we'll there answer. But go. I was going to fix it in a way that uh, uh, you could get to it. But HBCU Go, in all seriousness, was excited in terms of last year was the buzz that they were coming on board. Correct. So at the end of the year, what did that look like in terms of the benefits of the institution in regards to having HBCU Go not just visually in terms of the numbers, but also financially supporting the institution? Significant. Okay. Uh, And I use that word in the strongest form that I could possibly use it. And it just wasn't the deal that we signed. It was the national platform that they put us under. Now, I could be wrong, but I'm going to take credit for it. We were on CW, (laughs) and now I see the ACC is on CW, right? So they saw that that was a – I was angry. I was like, they're taking my spot. I got to go up against the ACC. So what HBCU Go did for us was put us primetime television nationally on Saturdays. And now you see that ESPN has picked up a couple of extra primetime Saturday football games, and that is supported by the numbers. So when you see us, it helps us sell that package to our corporate partners. Okay. It helps the schools to have increased attendance. When you have increased attendance, then you're increasing enrollment. So it's all interconnected. Mm -hmm. And to be able to have that platform week in, week out, like I said, over 80% of our football games this year is going to be on, it just increases the value of 
your brand. I went to the softball tournament, magnificent tournament. Everything was immaculately done. Mm. Then I went to baseball. We were in Atlanta. You know, some of the coaches didn't want to go there. Baseball, actually, in my opinion, turned out to be one of the best championships that we've I had. I loved it. Period. 100. But I walked into the dugout, and we had swag in the dugout, and they kind of cut off the swag, right, because of the way that the banner was done. And I was like, no. you can't do that. That's disrespectful to the brand. Right. You wouldn't cut off your brand. You wouldn't cut off anybody's brand. Mm -hmm. And that is how significant that S, that W, that A, and that C is. That when you see that, it means a whole lot. It means history. It means tradition. It means corporate partners. It means television. It means education. It means significantly affecting the lives mm. of individuals that did not have the opportunity to get an education. We always talk about, I don't want to preach right now, That's right. but we always talk about lack of donations to our black colleges. Yes, sir. Well, we are only one generation away from even being college educated. We haven't even consumed the generational wealth to be able to give in the manner in which the Power Five gives. Right. But that's the significance of HBCUs. We're now starting to see African-American generational wealth grow. It takes 100 years in order for you to generate enough money to give in a significant way. And we're starting to see those. We're starting to see the Byron Allens now invest. We're not starting to see the Robert Smiths right. you know, to invest. And what we're doing wow. is a cultural, societal improvement. And when you see SWAT, that's what that means. And that's why we're so keen on protecting our brand. Good to hear. Great point. AD, you want to? Hey, Doc, uh, you keep mentioning the numbers on the streaming platforms. Uh, and, I, and I'm just curious about this. Go ahead. Keep going. Keep going, Drew. But Drew, the engineer and know, the producer. But that's what he does normally. He normally does that. So he's used to it. <laughs> Uh, once again, you know, you, you were talking about the numbers uh, on, on the streaming platform. But I'm just kind of curious about this. We know for the fans who attend the games, it seems like <laughs> more of the fans tend to attend a uh, 1, 2 o'clock game versus a 6 o'clock game. But you keep mentioning the prime time numbers. Is there is there a difference between those 1, 2 o'clock afternoon games and those 5, 6 o'clock games as far as your the viewership goes? with these new streaming deals from a television perspective not as much as the time versus who's playing on the other platforms okay, okay. and it is the games that will be shown and not to get too deep into hbcu go and the differences between hbcu go and espn hbcu go is really looking to show that cultural experience right so they're not necessarily looking at the matchup per se. They're looking at the matchup, but they're looking at what you're going to – they want to show everything. The right? the right. band. Right. ESPN is primarily wanting to show matchups. Okay. So that's why it was good for us. We were able to get the best of both, both worlds. Okay. And what we have been telling ESPN – you know, we have some major name brand games, but that's not necessarily the game that we want to show and not necessarily the game you should want to show. For example, who would have thought that the Prairie View 
uh, Valley game was going to be the game right. that you needed to watch. And then you flip. It was the Texas the Southern, Southern Pine Bluff. Yeah, yeah, Texas Southern Alabama A&M game. Yeah. Right? Those were the two games in that last week. And then you flip to Jackson State Alcorn. So when you look, yeah, Jackson State Alcorn, but that wasn't really the game. The game was these other two. And now we have the ability to show that, and that's what people are watching, not necessarily if it's at 1 or 2 o'clock. You know, in the south, it's hot in September and October. So early on, those games are late at night. Uh, Later in the year, October, November, schools have a tendency to move those games up. And I think that's been one of the unique challenges that we've had to face. You didn't ask this question. Uh, But one of the unique challenges that we've had to face dealing with the television partners now and trying to get those primetime slots simply because there's only so many slots available and working with the schools to move those games because traditionally we're not accustomed to doing that. But based upon our media rights agreements and the significant amount of resources that we're generating and giving back to the schools. I said this early on, you know, we made the largest distribution to our schools on record of the 103 years uh, things are financially stable for the conference and we are now generating enough money to give back to the schools where it can actually do some good um, I can, say this I'm, I'm, I'm a, doing my own can you give a framework in terms of yeah, I was getting ready to say, I'm from last year to this year uh, from a distribution standpoint yes how much usually it, it increased Probably 10 times what we distributed last year. Not probably, 10 times more than what we distributed last year. They give some people some indication of how significant it was. Right, correct. A lot of of people don't know what that number is, and I'm not asking you to release that number. I'm going to tell you, you, when I started, (laughs) when I gave a hint, man, I got so much, uh, everybody got mad at me. The other (laughs) FCS conferences, cats started writing about me, they started pulling uh, EADA (laughs) <laughs> so I realized, you know, FBI report. Yeah, yeah, some of it I need to kind of keep. But I can tell you that it's serious. I, I can tell you this: the NCAA, when they made the transition to say now for FCS school to FBS, it's a five million dollar payout and it's a six million dollar scholarship requirement. Well, a lot of people don't know the differences between scholarships for FCS and FBS. FCS scholarships must be packaged with any institutional aid. Some schools do package Pell, some don't. Pell is not required, but if you get a, a, for example, in Texas, you get a TPEG, a Texas grant. Mm -hmm. You got SEOG. All of that is a part of the scholarship. If you're recruited and you get an architecture scholarship, that's a part of your scholarship, and that goes into the numbers. Mm -hmm. If you're FBS, you can't use this. It's dollar for dollar. So let's say Charles McClellan University did $4 million this year in scholarships. Well, probably $2 million of that $4 million came from package aid. Okay. Okay. If you go to FBS, you need all $6 million, right? What that does for our institutions is going to make, and I wouldn't even say our institutions, institutions outside of P5. the P5, is going to make it extremely, extremely difficult for you to transition from FCS to FBS. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, that instantaneously made the SWAC the strongest FCS league in America. Wow. Based upon our television, based upon our distribution amounts, based upon our graduation rates, based upon everything that we're doing, we are now the most desirable conference 
in my humble opinion. Uh, and I see us continuing to grow and continuing to get stronger. Okay. Uh, do I have time to ask one final question here? Or are we okay? I'm well, the commissioner. I'm you have okay. Much well, there time, you go. You know, I, I was going to. You're not going to bump me to bring somebody. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, you know, I, I'm I, just joking. Please don't uh, <laughs> send me no emails or tweets. Or yeah, they tell it. Instagram. No one No, I was going to say. I was going to say you're tweeting now. Was like, or well, now, whatever they call it. Well, I do it all through swag. Okay, I got you. I do it all through. Uh, I was going to ask you about the SWAC Digital Network because yes. obviously, you know, HBCU Go, we already have the relationship with ESPN and ESPN Plus. Uh, what is, obviously, there's there's things happening with SWAC Digital now here. Yep. Yes. So yes. so what what is the growth of the SWAC Digital Network uh, and, and for this upcoming school year, this academic, whether it be football or beyond? Well, we don't do any uh, football on Swag Digital Network based upon our television partners and all that we have that. And, and our expansion has to be, has been to bring you championships through our Swag Digital Network platform. At first, we were bringing championship games. Now we're doing entire tournaments. And those numbers are significant. Yes. The overall plan mm-hmm. is to have all of our games, whether it's basketball, football, tennis, or golf, on one of the two networks. And, again, ESPN have a certain allotment of games. HBCU Go has an allotment of games. But keep in mind, this HBCU Go deal, we're not even 365 days into signing that deal. So what they've done has been remarkable. But the goal and the plan and the vision for HBCU Go is to have multiple channels where you can log on to their platform and you can see all of the SWAC games. So part of our vision and strategy is we're investing in artificial intelligence. This is AI coming up again, where SWAC is going to take revenue, put it into the schools where they have AI at the baseball stadiums and the soccer stadiums and the volleyballs where they can flick a button. And then that instantaneous high definition content goes to our television partners where you can log on and you can see all things, everything, Mm -hmm. Southwestern Athletic Conference. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal that division but we're going to utilize swag digital network to fill the void of those games that we want to show that's not necessarily going to be able to show up on plus or hbcu go uh, to add on to that some of the challenges that some schools have are infrastructure related in terms of uh whether it be technology uh or, or the whether it be um the type of facility the, the, the facilities yeah that that can carry those streams is it a is it a hope goal for the conference to be able to help those institutions so that they can meet that goal of broadcasting those games? Yeah, short answer is yes, and that's what I was alluding to about the artificial intelligence gotcha. technology. As and I'm pretty sure you guys know this, but as technology advances, it makes it a lot easier to transmit those videos. They can compress those files now, and you don't need as big of these supercomputers to do it. So we're working on that. It's expensive. We realize that we need a five-year plan, and we have a five-year plan to do so, but that is the goal. Mm-hmm. So don't ask me five years from now, from now and say, you said it was going to be done. That's the goal. That's the plan. I, and that's I, the won't, I won't, you know, but, uh, you know. Kenyatta <laughs> will. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, any, any final words or final thoughts you want to share with us, with, the, with our audience watching online? Right. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Nah, no, none for me. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for always uh, being here. Thank you for covering uh, black college sports. What you do is significant, and the Southwestern Athletic Conference is deeply indebted to all that you do. We watch you, uh, and we thank you, and congratulations for your continued success. 
Thank you. Thank you for all the access. Thank you for everything. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Charles McClellan, the commissioner of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. All right, let's take a short break. Come back with more live here from Birmingham, Alabama, uh, 2023 SWAC Media Day. We'll be back in just a moment. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state-certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Okay, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian and AD here. Got to thank everybody 
for sticking in there and and watching our conversation with Dr. Charles McClellan. Uh, yeah, for a second, Drew, I apologize. I didn't. I'd forgot you were in that uh, <laughs> conversation there with, with uh, Doc and I, and so I kind of mentioned that. Um, so takeaways, big takeaways. Um, there's a couple different things. I highlighted some some different comments from some people, which uh, we can get into here. Um, but as you listen and you think back to that, what kind of things stand out from that conversation with Dr. McClellan? I got three points that I want to bring out. And it's actually kind of in reverse order of the conversation. The one about institutional aid and scholarships, the breakdown of how financial aid is calculated on the FCS level versus the FBS level, which is another hindrance for FCS schools who are considering going from the FBS le FCS level to the FBS level. While we do have a handful of institutions who are at the $4 million plus mark and you have to be up over six north of six million dollars in scholarship dollars uh and 200 and some odd actual scholarships the way that that's calculated changes so where even though those institutions who uh, are north of four million dollars may only be giving out say 2.5 in actual athletic aid, which means they don't have to just come up with that other 2 million to get from go from four to six. They now have to come up with 3.5 million to go from the 2.5 that they're giving in athletic aid to get up over that $6 million mark. So I thought that was very significant. That's number one. Number two, we are one generation away from being college educated we haven't generated the wealth i think that's important to keep in mind as we see the growth of our hbcu institutions because let's be real brian most of our grandparents did not attend college grandparents uh, yes My, you and yeah. you and me our generation correct yeah most of our grandparents did not generate uh, attend college if you're in the uh, 40 plus range. Correct. A lot of our parents did not attend college. My mother did. My father did not. And I know both of your parents did attend college, but my mother attended college and my mother did not attend an HBCU. Whereas both of your parents went to an HBCU, met at an HBCU, and produced you for some for some strange reason. But uh... <laughs> they they were first generation graduate, uh, high school, college graduate. They were they were the they were first, first in their family. Yes, right. But my father did not attend college because my father would went off to this little spat called the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. So. And after coming home from Vietnam, college was not his priority. He gave it a shot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he, he, after seeing what he saw, 
as yeah. a 17 year old youth, college was not the move for him. And there were a lot of males of that generation who fell victim to that. So we are only, and with, with the education is the opportunity to generate wealth. Well, we don't have generational wealth as a people where we can pass down from generation to generation. You know, we're just now establishing those. Like you said, it takes 100 years to get to that point, to get to the point where our insurance policies can endow our universities. Our estate can endow part of our estate when we pass away could go back to our university. We don't have a whole lot of people at that level yet. But the number one thing, and it's kind of where he started everything off, we were talking about the streaming, media rights, TV rights. And he said, revenue is generated from eyeballs. Revenue is generated from eyeballs. If you do not believe that statement, then you have not paid attention to what has happened at the P5 level over the last two weeks. Starting with Colorado. Wait, let's back it up a year. Yeah, Sorry. back it up some. With USC and UCLA. Nope. Even, back, even, back it up even further. Even further. Texas and Oklahoma. Bingo. Then. USC, UCLA. Mm-hmm. In Colorado a couple of weeks ago. Washington, Oregon, following them, along with Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. So all of this kind of is is, is playing is playing together. So it's it, it's it's real. It's really interesting, but that statement, hindsight being 2020, I think that was the most important thing that he talked about was his revenue generation, his revenue generation, and how media rights play a big part in how these conferences work now, and the stability that the SWAC has on the FCS level with its media rights deals. The SWAC, honestly, may wind up being in better position than some G5 conferences when all this stuff is said and done. Hell, the, what is it? The, uh, the WAC, they only getting $4 million a school. We not too far off from that in the SWAC, Brian. Right. right. I'll leave it right and uh, leave you room to comment. Um. You mentioned the the eyeballs, and did you notice in there when he talked about knowing what the numbers are from the ESPN platforms? Now, one of the things that doesn't get reported is a lot of the numbers on uh, ESPN Plus. Plus and three. Plus and three. Which is the streaming platforms, because ESPN doesn't publish that. And, and they have no obligation to obligation to right the same thing same thing why you really don't know what Netflix shows rate you just you just get told 
by the Netflix algorithm that this is the number one movie. This is the number one TV show. This is what's popular. You're, you're trusting the algorithms. You have no idea, right? Because there's no obligation. There's no system. Nielsen is not in there. Nielsen is not reporting. Arbitron. Yeah, yeah, they're they're trying to change that, but you know, until that happens. So, with that said, can can I cut you off right there? That's also part of what the writers' strike and the actors' strike is about. Mm, Those those numbers. True. True. And not getting paid for those numbers. Right, because that number will also trickle down into sports and advertising. See. Um, the, the advertising dollars that are coming from the eyeballs. See, that is something that is being that little circle. They're keeping that information tight. Advertisers know, and uh, Dr. McClellan, the, you know, the people he's keeping that close to the bed. He, he's not the, the swack is not publishing how many viewers now. The stuff on ESPN, ESPN Plus, or excuse me, ESPN Two. Those are the ones that are rated, and you can kind of you can tell the, because there's a rating system for those. But the other stuff uh, is 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 not very well known. But as he just said, the numbers are so good that what do you have happening? I, I wrote this down. You have more games being picked up by ESP, ESPN, right? Well, so that means what they're. It. Yeah, what what that to me, what that says is they're seeing, or whether it be through the advertising buys, they're seeing that okay, HBCU Go is showing games in a prime time. There's more eyes watching. We can tell by the numbers, more people are watching these games. You know what? We can move these games up, or we can move them up a network so that more people have access to them because if you're getting this amount of people watching from the streaming, which you have to pay for or have to be part of some kind of bundle, imagine now add on the cable subscription element. Right. And so I I thought that was interesting from that perspective. And I know people are hungry to want to know these numbers. Well, everyone wants to know the numbers. Because the numbers equal dollars, but it's not like the commissioner is. I, I, I mean, what what advantage is it for him to put those numbers out there, right? There's no, there's no, there's no advantage for him to do that, you know. Now, unless he wants to create some kind of bidding war between, you know, which uh, eventually will come, <laughs> but not right now, I'm sure, but. You know, there's uh, there's HBCU Go trying to get uh, the games that ESPN is not picking up. And as with the increase of games that ESPN picked up, HBCU Go is having to find, and I thought that was the other point that I found interesting, HBCU Go is looking to gain, obviously ESPN is grabbing up the matchup games, right? Right. Well, HBCU Go is trying to pick up the, the the next best game that showcases the HBCU culture. What's what's a good fit? You know what's going to. There are a lot of those games out there because you still have out there. Yeah, matchups uh, every weekend. 
Right. What they also have to do is HBCU Go wants the big dogs. You know, when the when the ESPN schedule first came came out, you know who HBCU Go did not have a game with the team that was Dang. predicted to win the Eastern Division, Florida A and M. Why? Because ESPN had picked up or has already eight of the games. And the only games at the time that they did not pick up were two FAMU home games against Division II opponents, and there's a Mississippi Valley game, but that's at Mississippi Valley State. So that left just three games that weren't going to be on the ESPN network-type broadcast. So what the HBCU go do? They said, well, of the three, let's get the home opener for FAMU, who has what? The longest home winning streak, right? And yes, they're playing a Division II team, but you know, it's not a it's a pretty good Division II team. But more importantly, we get a feature Florida AM, who many people believe, including myself, will come into that game off of maybe one to two wins, and it'll be their home opener. So they grabbed up the West Florida game. Right? I mean, they had to. They, they didn't have a FAMU game. And, you, you you know, if you look at the schedule, you got to have – you want to have a FAMU game on your schedule, just like I'm sure they wanted a Jackson State game, although I think all of the Jackson State games are scooped up on ESPN, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, Southern, I, I believe they, they probably have – I don't have the HBCU Go schedule in front of me, so I don't know. I think they maybe picked up a Southern game as well. Um. So that that those those were the two things that kind of imp- uh, that I, I took away from that, and that and just that eighty percent of the football games are on TV. Eighty percent of SWAT games on t- now, Drew. Just juxtapose that from twenty nineteen. Let's go to twenty. We'll just go back just four years ago, three seasons, four years ago, twenty nineteen. You'd have to struggle to find games. I mean, you're hoping that somebody's YouTube channel was showing the game if it wasn't picked up on ESPN, right? And so now you've got 80% of the games being shown on ESPN. Or HBCU Go. Or HBCU Go, right. Right. I I, I thought that was fascinating, outstanding. That that's some That's some great. Uh, opportunities for coverage. Um, let's get into some of these questions that I that I saw in the chats by a lot of people. You want to do that for a second? Yeah. Can can I, can I hit this one first before you? Well, there's a lot. There, the, the, that's that's there. Did you see the start? There's a lot of them in there. There's the ones that are way yeah. before that one that okay. you just hit. I, I know right. you want to get to that one, but yeah. did you see all the other ones before that? Go ahead and hit that one that you that you wanted to talk on. Then, since that one is right there. But there are some other ones that were earlier that I wanted to address. Yeah. EA, A, the schools are not paying the SWAC office anymore. SWAC office is gets their money from the media rights deal. The schools no longer have to pay and write a check to the SWAC office. And after all the bills at the SWAC office have been paid, I know for a fact that each school took home north of a million dollars last year. And and that brings up, uh, I saw someone in the comment talk about the, the SWAC is, 
and I, I think I replied to this. I couldn't tell. I don't know if this was Miak Mike or Franklin who was talking about the 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 money. I saw that. that. I saw that yeah. comment. Look, the, the swack is in a better financial place than they have ever been. That comes from Dr. McClellan. That comes from the schools. Um, and and that point you just made helps to further illustrate that. Now I know people want more. Everybody wants more, but damn, from nothing to some, I, that's pretty damn good. You you went from owing money to keep the doors open to now you're actually receiving money every year. And the number is going up every year. Sure, it may not be taking the big jumps that everybody wants to make. You know, everybody wants to go from, you know, you won, you won, you won five games this past year. Oh, now you want to win 10. Damn, where, where, there's, you know, you don't just go from everybody's five. Not, everybody's not Benedict. Uh, hell, well, that's a hell of a jump right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, Drew. Uh, so, yeah, it, it takes time. Uh, the SWAC needs to show more than one game on the weekends. Uh, Franklin, I, I don't know. Are, are we talking about football? What, what are we talking about? There's multiple games on T. I, I don't know what there, he was referring there, to. There's at least one ESPN, one HBCU go. And I guarantee you, every school still will produce a game that is not on one of those platforms. So the content is out there. What what has happened previously is it has been tough to find the content. Yes. Now, with a bulk of the content being on plus or three, plus your feature plus a feature game out there every now and then on you or two. You know, it's a lot easier to find. And Frank, Franklin, you didn't got spoiled, bro. <laughs> you didn't got spoiled. Remember how remember how hard it was three years ago? Because can you see you watching the what game? Bro, send me that link. Send me the link right quick. Now you don't have to do all of that. Mm-hmm. Um all right, Jamie Walker, more than anything, is there a dispute that as commissioner, this is the best position the conference has ever been in? Jamie, if you if you listen to that that echo chamber called X, uh you, <laughs> yeah, there there are people out there who 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 would dispute this. I you know who they are. Everyone knows who they are. If you're on social media, you know who are those people that are, you know, I'm trying to phrase it nicely. but And I love them. I love them you, to death. You know what the street committee saying. <laughs> exactly. You know what the street committee saying. <laughs> yes. Yes. There is, there is. There are those people who. There's that one in the barbershop or in the beauty shop. That's all never I'm going to say. Never happy. Always at one. Never happy, never happy, and in, in the name of everybody else, never happy. Um, okay, Th- this I, Miak Mike. Uh, look, Pr- Prime and FAMU saved the SWAT from dissolution. I I wish Doc Dickerville was still in the chat room. He he may be watching somewhere. 
I don't know. I, does anybody else in the Slack believe this? Now, some of the, some of these delusional JSU folks might believe Prime saved the Slack, but but take Prime out of it. Are y'all willing to really give FAMU credit for saving the Slack? Are you guys to really giving Prime and FAMU credit for saving the Slack? Um, they. What what I will give them credit for, Prime, along with uh, Coach Willie Simmons, two great coaches at marketing. Yes, but you but you know something. There's also another coach out there who's great at marketing. That being the person who won the SWAC championship before Prime. That being one kind of Elmina. There's also there's one other coach who has a good mouthpiece when it comes to marketing and maybe not his mouthpiece, but just the way he presents himself. And that being one Eric Newton. But here's the, here's the, here's the difference that, and I can, I can, I guess if I stop to think about it, I can understand how you believe this because on the Mount Rushmore of HBCU brands, the blue bloods, Jackson State is a blue blood. Florida AM is a blue blood. Okay. Uh, and so when those two schools are uh are having success, whether it be on the field, other sports, culturally, social media. When 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 they're right, and and FAMU hadn't been right, so let, let's just I'm just gonna give you that perspective. There's a there's a lot that's been wrong at the FAMU teams. over the last two three years, but guess what? The brand has gotten stronger through all the muck. The FAMU brand has gotten stronger. Just imagine if the muck gets settled, you're gonna really see FAMU flourish and shine, but. Yeah, so the extra attention that the SWAT got, those two programs were at were, were at their best, and they had two people who understood that we are at blue blood institutions, and there's an advantage to that. But I wouldn't give them credit for saving the SWAT. I, I mean, you know, strategic decisions by Dr. McClellan saw the opportunity. Uh, to you know, when it's when it was time for FAMU and Bethune, and and trust me, I think Bethune uh, joined. Think about this, Drew. Bethune joined the SWAC a year in a in a prior to literally shutting down all of their athletic programs. If joining the SWAC happens after that, or if the opportunity to if they would have known that all their athletic programs were going to shut down. Do you think they would have joined the SWAT? I don't think they would have. You know, so I, you know, I don't know. I I think they, I I think they followed Florida A and M and saw that that's a partner, and just like what happened when they moved from the SIC to the MEAC, uh, Bethune followed suit, and it's it's benefited Bethune. I mean, look, it, it really has. All right. Some more questions from Jamie. What innovations do hardcore followers of the SWAC want to see implemented 
by conference leadership. Uh, I saw one in innovations. I don't know if this is an innovation, but I saw somebody post that they would want to see more women's basketball or that they thought that the SWAC should maybe through their SWAC digital network uh, feature more women's basketball, uh, sort of capitalizing should. on the Jackson State women's program. I, I think the SWAC Digital Network should be more of a focus of women's sports in general, volleyball, basketball, and softball, because the HBCU goals, the ESPNs are going to pick up the football, the men's basketball, and the baseball. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing with SWAC Digital? Let's, it's there. We yeah. have the technology. We have everything in place. Let's use it. Yeah. That's how, hey, that's, here's one other. And that's us also, I was going to say also, uh, some of our non, a lot of our non rare sports. Let's see some bowling. Let's see some tennis. Let's see a track meet on Swag Digital. Let's use it. You know, the schools can set up their own stream and simulcast it to Swag Digital. There, you just said it right there. Simulcast. It's not hard. It's not hard to simulcast from one platform to to the swag digital not hard to do especially especially when swag digital is youtube is on youtube exactly yeah i mean let let the let the schools produce i mean jackson state has their program prairie view has uh, a network uapb has a network and has a network everybody has a or most of the bulldogs alabama a&m have a network alabama state has a network practically everybody has a network and will probably be showing women's games no simulcast send the feed to the swag digital network you know it it man i'm telling you and you talk about the increased exposure for the women's programs as you just said volleyball i mean that's an untapped inventory of games that we are missing out on you are you are missing out you know and I, I would even go as far as say soccer i know soccer happens you know but there's just an inventory of games that that are that are that are there um what's this mike uh Miak, mike again uh i guess he's talking to road dog here uh the alabama schools were about to jump i again i i don't know that the alabama i would again doc's not here i really i haven't i i've never heard that before have you heard that before? Any any thought about that? Yeah. No. I I so I I would Miak Mike, I, I don't know where your sourcing is, brother. I uh <laughs> or you know, but I that's the first I've ever heard of the Alabama schools that were close to to uh to to, to leaving. So <laughs> and go where? Right, oh, go where? I'm sorry. Yeah. Where were they gonna go? go? South. Uh, well, it would have been what was what's one other one of those divisions there in uh, that Jacksonville State Sun is Belt. In? Sun Belt. They're going to Sun, Sun, that. Sun Belt, but that was an F, is that still that was an FCS conference at the time, right? Yeah, but it's a it's a uh, I believe it's FBS now. Whatever the conference that Troy is in in UAB. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Uh, yeah, Israel Kerry talking about women's basketball more priority. Yeah, we're, uh, we're right there. Women's it's it's um, 
there, there's a market there for, for the women's sports programs to be, uh, to be had. Um, I have, when I, when I think about this, this conference churning, um, uh, so yeah, dot chimed in, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well said, Doc. Uh, the commissioner saved the swat. Uh, two pandemics. Uh, it, interest, it, interesting that that uh, Doc called the uh, that racism uh, pandemic. Uh, interesting. Uh, created the environment that has elevated the brand awareness of the swat. Expansion of FAMU and Bethune and Prime. Yeah, um, couldn't have said it any better. Uh, he's 100% on all of that. Uh, <laughs> there you go, Franklin. Uh, Ashley Robinson saved the swag. Uh, I, 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 look, you just don't want to give Dr. McClellan any credit. So uh, go ahead. You want to give Ashley Robinson all the credit? Yes, he hired Tamika Reed. Uh, yes, he, he hired... He hired Coach Prime. He went out of limb and hired Coach Prime. Uh, yes, then he got Mo Williams. He single-handedly has saved the swag. Um, and so, uh, speaking of Ashley Robinson, that was one of the uh, one of the notes that I wanted to bring up, Drew. See, see how I set up the transition? You did. You did. Uh, in the world of athletic director news, three interesting moves happened over the past week. Uh, one, I guess we'll start with the news that during Slack Media Day, it was largely believed on the eve of that day that Ashley Robinson, who was Jackson State's athletic director since 2018, was going to be heading back to Prairie View A&M. Um, I, I put it like this. Our, our sources... Tell us that the pin was in hand. I don't know, you know, whether Jackson State came in with an eleventh hour, like an eleventh hour and and fifty eighth minute hail mary, hail mary. Yeah, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of bag they can. Here, Ashley Robinson was under contract. He had just signed a re, uh, an extension through twenty twenty six, I believe. So theoretically. You know, Jackson State too much. Is that yeah? So I don't know. Was there a buyout? Did you hear about? Was there a buyout? I'm just saying. I'm pretty sure there would have had to be some type of buyout. I I mean, I don't know. He could have resigned. He could have just flat out resigned. But but usually, if you're under contract, that means you can't go to work. I I didn't hear about there being. That's I mean, that's that's just normal. That's just normal. I don't know if that is in this case. And I'm everybody. I'm just purely speculating. Yeah, yeah. So, th- whatever happened, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, dot. That's a good one. Mm. Now you talk about saving somebody. Yeah, I don't know about saving the swag, but yeah, Ashley Robinson. That's that's a good one, dot. Um. <laughs> so Jackson State made the decision. Uh, I'm reading an article here. This is the HBCU Sports. On August 2nd, um, it's reported uh, here from the Jackson State interim president, 
Elaine Hayes Anthony. Aiden Robinson is staying at the I Love Jackson State University. We huddled up, as they say in sports, and we came out a winner. I'm so pleased to have him as part of my administration. Um, again, you know, we're, we're talking. Ashley Robinson was not at SWAT Media Day, unlike he had been there the previous couple years. Of course, those previous two years with Coach Prime. Uh, and and the contingent of Jackson State folks. So no one, we the speculation was running rampant that he was headed off to Prairie View. You know, um, where he previously was before coming to Jackson State. Uh, so, uh, but but that didn't happen. Uh, and so, the next day. Prairie View named the new athletic director, according to HBCU Sports, on April on August third. Uh, Prairie View A and M has selected Anton Goff as its new athletics director. Uh, Goff served as the senior associate athletics director at Northern Illinois University. Uh, Tamika P. Legrand, the school's president, said we conducted an extensive national search. For this position, Mr. Goff stood out not only because of his extensive capabilities and experience in leading intercollegiate athletics in different settings, Division I programs, mid-major programs, and HBCUs, but also because of his character. Uh, Goff has over 25 years of experience in athletic administration. Prior to his role at Northern Illinois, he served as a director of athletics at St. John's University, the University of Hartford, and Bowie State. So golf will begin as Preview's new AD on August 28th. Uh, one job, one door closes, another one opens. And so Robinson stays. Uh, did Robinson hire Willie Simmons? Oh, at Prairie View. TV, yeah. Okay. So I, I, I see Robinson has a has a has an eye for hires. Um, he he definitely has a um, he he definitely has an eye for for picking some good some talented people. Um, and then one other AD administrative news. Which, if you had a chance to watch uh, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab this past Thursday, uh, episode 416, if I have the number correct, uh, he had on his show Dr. Karen M. Carty, who was named uh, at the end of July as the Director of Athletics at the University of the Virgin Islands. Uh, Cardi became the first athletics director in UVI's 61-year history. Female athletic director, definitely female law. I'm sorry, first female athletics director. Yeah, okay, appreciate that. Um, quote from Dr. Cardi in uh, this article on HBCU Sports. To be the first female AD at UVI is a major accomplishment, but what is even more special to me is that I get to serve in a leadership position on the campuses where my parents attended college. Uh, UVI has been in my blood since I was born. And I look forward to working hard to usher UVI athletics into a new era of success. Uh, she is a Norfolk State grad. 
uh, spent a couple of years as the assistant communication, or excuse me, the assistant commissioner for strategic communication at the MEAC and also served as the conference's primary media contact for football, men's basketball, and softball, uh, as well as the commissioner requests and broadcast initiatives. She also was an executive producer for the MEAC Digital Network. Uh, she served in various marketing and communication roles at Grambling, South Carolina State. Um, so they they really, you know, and it's a fascinating conversation. So I would encourage you, episode 416 of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. You can you can go back and watch it uh, right here on the uh, on the JBN. Uh, YouTube page. You can also, if you download the BCSN Pod Zone, plug time, shameless plug, BCSN Pod Zone. Everywhere you listen to and download podcasts, you can uh, you can you can find that episode, episode four sixteen, with uh, Dr. Cardi. But Drew, I I, I think she is somebody that uh, the UVI is going to be joining the GCAC. And in order to increase the ex- sort of the, the 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 awareness of UVI, who they are, what they are, what they you know what how to get athletes to want to hey, I mean that's not a bad I can imagine hey, there's a lot there's a lot worse places that you could go to school at in some of these college towns in the SWAC or GCAC footprint. <laughs> you can go to the Virgin Islands. It's not a bad deal. It's not a bad deal. So if if she can create, and again, this is somebody who has a background in marketing and communications, and if she can present that in a way that entices some young man or woman in, I don't know, Alabama, Mississippi, somebody off the Gulf, uh, hey, they're going Florida even. Right. You, yeah, I was saying you missed the, the the most obvious market. That's South Florida. Yes, exactly. Yep, a lot of talented athletes right there. So, yeah. and and everybody and their mama comes down to Florida to recruit athletes in this state. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. I see Doc kind of jumping in, uh, jumping in there. Yes, I I had never heard that. And now if Doc says they were not going to leave the swag, I feel like 99. How much how much percent did Jordan leave back in the day? Didn't he say he was like 99 percent retired? 99.9. Yeah, (laughs) 99.9. Yeah. And he came back. But um I'm 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 riding with Doc here on on this side of the 99.9 percent. If he said they weren't going to leave the school, uh, leave the swag. Uh, uh, so, yeah, he says there were three schools recruited. Notably, none of them were from Alabama. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. All right, what else we got out here, Drew? In these in these uh, in these streets that you want to hit on or or mention? I think we've pretty much covered everything. I mean, it was a light week, except, you know, we did mention that 
camp is open for pretty much everybody on all levels. So it's optimism time. It's trash talking time. Everybody is undefeated at this <laughs> point in time. But I also have to throw out that uh, asterisk with that, Brian. Everybody's also winless. <laughs> no wins, no losses. Hey, exactly. You, you haven't lost a game. That's what matters, Drew. That, exactly. that, that's what matters. That's what matters. Um, I would like to see, and, and you guys tell me, have you guys started noticing, is your school, is your school, are they posting your volleyball schedule, your other fall sports schedules? Um, we got we to gotta start getting that information out. We're, we're too far behind. You, you, we, can't, we can't publicize and talk about these, I don't know, I, I feel like, I, I want to say there has to be a better sense of urgency to get these out. And maybe there is, so I, I, I want to be careful about how I say this, but I just, Please do. I, yeah, I, I want to. <laughs> There's a lot that go on behind the scenes, Brian. Yes, I, I know. That's I all know. I'm going to say. I know, but damn it, man. Can we get it's, these it's, schedules? A lot, a lot of time, it's not the fault of the office of sports information or athletic communication. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't talk about it. Or why this, or why this information. Departments. It's not I didn't mention any departments. I'm just it, asking, can somebody, you know, ex- express a sense of urgency to whomever and say, man, we want these volleyball scheduled uh, out, um, you know, you know, basketball schedules. I mean, I'm starting to see basketball schedules. There are some schools that don't even have basketball schedules complete. Yeah, uh, but but there are some who have their non-conference done or that are out. Um, Texas Southern, for example, I saw they posted their non-conference schedule. Now, you know when when you're a, a program like Texas Southern, you're playing a lot of. Uh, uh, can he, are they still called Power Fives? What are we calling that now? What are we calling that? Uh, <laughs> Who knows, man? Uh, major. Power uh, major. Major. Ma- Power yeah, major. Okay. Major Division One programs. <laughs> They've got a lot of those schools on their radar. Uh, the non-conference schedule for Texas Southern, and I, they might be the first HBCU that's put this out there. So props to Texas Southern. But they've got, uh, let's see, they're traveling to New Mexico, Arizona State, Virginia, Creighton, Oral Roberts, Drake, and then Purdue. Uh, that's their November schedule, seven games. They, they're gonna, they may catch a win or two there. Uh, Texas Southern, Coach Johnny Jones, they usually have some good teams. Then they play in the HBCU Challenge in December against North Carolina A&T and Howard uh, December 16th to 17th. They actually have a home game against Samford. That's in Alabama. But that's a home game. And then right before Christmas or no, right before New Year's they play a non D1 team. But 
I would imagine by the looks of the schedule, let me see, that's seven, eight, nine, ten. They may they may have an opportunity to add a game or two. It, it just depends. They don't have any games in the first two weeks of December. So unless unless that's due to final scheduling, or maybe they just kind of leave those dates open, hoping that they can find some more opponents. Um, no, they, that, that's it, Brian. That's 28. Oh, okay. Okay, so if you count the non – okay, so there it is. That's yeah, because yeah. the conference schedule would be – And one exhibition. Okay. And now, would, now is there a possibility, though, Drew, if they – they can add an uh, exhibition, I believe. That's it. Or a, or a tournament. Maybe if they jump in, there's some exception for jumping into a tournament, no. maybe? No? Okay. I, uh, that tournament exception, you get it like once every four years. So I don't know where they are or that cycle uh, with that, where they can add a tournament counts only as one game. Gotcha. Gotcha. On your schedule. Yeah, okay. that occurs like once every four years, you get that exception. Well, yeah, props that, to, that, that's it. Yeah, well, props to Texas Southern for being able to to conclude their non-conference schedule to put it out there and uh, you know start start drawing interest. And I, fingers crossed, prayers up that more HBCUs are able to publish and finalize their non-conference men and women's. Question. Non-conference schedule, yeah. You see, how many W's do you see non-conference? For Texas Southern? Yes. Uh, well, in the first seven games, I don't know the roster, but I think there's at least two games that are open that they can win. And then the HBCU challenge games will be 50-50 shots. I would set the line at four. I would say I think they could they, they could win four non-conference games. This is basketball. We're, we're talking basketball. Four non-conference basketball. I mean, I, I would take four and six going into conference season if I was Texas Southern. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I do want to say this. Coming back to that was bad. I want to come back to football for a second. Uh, those of you who pay attention to Phil Steele, uh, if you are not, you know, Phil Steele, uh, I think uh, has one of the best preseason magazines uh, that I have come across. I enjoy not only his FBS coverage, but also his FCS book is really good. Uh, A lot of good stuff in there. And one of the things that I found interesting, he does this thing, Drew, uh, where uh, where he talks about teams and their stock market, teams who whose records will improve from the previous year and teams who's likely to uh, go uh, have a, have a less than expectation year. He calls it the bull and bear market. 
Okay. And I'm trying to say, I want to make sure I, to those who want to know how he does this. Um, and, and you would appreciate this, Drew. So he calls this a stock market indicator uh, plus 5.5, which is calculated by taking the average win total from um, the previous season uh, or the previous two seasons, then subtracting their wins from okay, – Okay, so this is how he does this. I'm looking at – I'm just going to read it here because I think it will make more sense if I read it. Uh, in 2012, right, he took a particular school that had a stock market indicator, as he calls it, a plus 5.5, uh, which would be a bull market. The plus 5.5 was calculated by taking the average win total from two seasons, 09 and 10, then subtracting their wins from the season prior, which was 2011, uh, and that produced the plus 5.5. He noted that the particular school clearly underperformed in 2011 and were poised for a big bounce back the next year. Uh, His indicator proved to be spot on as that school was the most improved team in the country going 12-0 in 2012. In 2013, he took a school that was coming off a 3-9 season following two years of going a combined 22-5 that earned him a plus six in his stock market indicator. And it got to the national title game in 2014. So he's created sort of this bull and bear market based on, you know, as I said, looking at what teams have done. And so the last two years, there were 22 teams in the bull market and 18 improved. There were 16 in the bear market and 15 were weaker. That was a 33-2-3 record. So, in looking at his FCS bull market, teams for 2023 that he expects to have a better season this year, there was one particular HBCU. Any guesses who that might be? To have a better season than last year? Yeah. I'm going to guess Alcorn State. No. Uh, think first week of the season. South Carolina State. Bingo. Plus 4.5. Interestingly, on the flip side of that, on the bear market, teams that will have a worse season than last year, there are three HBCUs that fall into this market. Think first week of the season. Jackson State. 
minus 4.5. There's a school in here which might actually shock you, but it's everybody's favorite team to like right now. FAMU. Nope, the other one. Uh, Central. North Carolina Central is rated on his bear market as number three, minus five. And then also another team that everybody loves because of their dynamic quarterback. In Texas. Body. Texas Southern, minus four. So if, again, you know, in looking at these metrics, so again, three teams that Phil Steele kind of thinks will have a worse season than last year. Well, let, let's let's quantify that. Okay. Jackson State loses a game in the regular season. They've already had a worse season than last year. <laughs> well, come on. I, 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 let, let's be real. If they lose a regular season game, by definition, they've already had a worse season than last year, no matter what the ultimate outcome is. Short of winning the Celebration Bowl, they had a worse season than last year. And what did Central win? 12 last year? Uh, Central uh, 11 finished. 11-1. Okay. No, I, I thought they lost two games. Okay. 10-2. Ten and two, I thought. Yeah. Okay. So when you're at the top, I mean, it's it's relative when you're saying you're going to have a worse season because because the nine and three central could still win. The, I mean, the nine and two central wins to be at, and it's probably back in the celebration bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's all relative. Eight and three central probably still wins to be at. And it's back in the Celebration Bowl. If they win another Celebration Bowl title, is that really a worse season? Yeah, that's a good, good question. And, and, and then the third one, some feel Texas Southern over overachieved a little bit last year. They, they may have been a year ahead of schedule, but for Texas Southern, it's going to come down to two things. Can you keep Andrew Body healthy? Right. Can you play some defense? Mm-hmm. And the one to improve, <laughs> I mean, South Carolina State. We talking Buddy Pugh here. It, it, can't get, it can't get no worse for uh, Buddy Pugh. When you have a coach with the pedigree <laughs> that Buddy Pugh has, I guarantee you whatever happened last year, He's not going to have let happen to him again this year. Because if because if it happens to Buddy Pugh again this year, you don't say it. He's pro- he, he he will probably walk away for pride's sake. More, more than anything else, he won't be forced out. He gonna be like, I'm done with this. I can't do this no more. If he has another season like last year, just my opinion. I'm not saying he's on the hot seat or anything like that. But certain coaches get at certain stages in their career and they realize this ain't fun no more. 
I, I could have been them retired. And Buddy Pugh could have retired many years ago and be living comfortably on somebody's beach. Yeah, um, great point. Um, I, I think what 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 I what I would really be looking at here is, and and I'm gonna. I think this is what we're gonna do next week. You're gonna catch. We're we're gonna do some review, some analytic, predictive stuff, and look at what the people who who do these metrics. We're gonna we're gonna look at what they think. The MEAC SWAC, uh, these other programs are going to finish, um, and, and really kind of look at because I, I think right now one of the best bets. If I had a over under, I think is it is I want to. We did we had so much fun with our over under contest, but if I were to set the over under for South Carolina State at five and a half, I mean they won what three last year. Yes. So I think naturally putting it at five and a half would make sense. I would take the over on five and a half wins. Jackson State won 11 games last year. 12. 12. Okay. Okay. 12. I don't know what number you would put Jackson State at this year. Eight and a half. Is eight and a half realistic? Seven and a half. I mean, again, if you were a betting person, again, you put you put these kind of over unders out there to say, where could you get half the money? Where could you get fifty? You get betting on both sides, right? If yes. I put it at eight and a half, does that seem too high? Both eight and a half. The last if, two if seasons, you put, if, they if, won if double-digit wins. Here, here's the thing. If you put it at seven and a half, most people are probably going to take the over. I think if you put it at eight and a half, you're going to have more of a propensity for people to take the under. Just my opinion. I, I think at seven and a half, I, people might take the under still. I mean, you're talking a seven and four season. Now, and when you say people, Oh, you saying people outside, outside of Jackson, outside, Mississippi? Outside of okay. the state of Mississippi, yes. Outside okay. of the state of Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, that's 49 other states plus some territories. So yeah. that, that's, that's, that's a lot that's, of people. But that's 40,000 in that stadium strong, Brian. That's going oh, to take the over. Yeah, okay. <laughs> of course, of course. Man, let's pick up the show and get out of here, man. All right, let's pick up the show, get out of here again. want to remind everybody, stay on the lookout for – information dropping this week youtube uh jbn membership you had a chance to support the black college sports network through uh joining our membership club we will be providing exclusive content shows uh first watch interviews discounts on merchandise things of that but more importantly you get a chance to to help support the black college sports network as we continue to move forward and try to bring uh the type of content that um that that you guys clamor for appreciate and uh so we appreciate you and hope that you will find a way to support we got set up three different levels of support so you'll get a chance to uh pick which route you go and and again we thank you for all your support and everything you do download the bcsn pod zone it's the pod zone channel 
that is an aggregate of all of the shows that appear on the Black College Sports Network. For example, if you missed Carlos Brown's show yesterday, you can now go get that show on the BCSN Pod Zone, available on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Apple and Google Podcast, uh, and more, and more. So go download the show, share it, rate it, review. All of that good stuff helps the algorithms, and it's much appreciated. Uh, make sure you're following the uh, Jericho Broadcast Networks and the BCSN at my BCSN one <laughs> for 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 some shows, favorite it will roll, Tam. Roll. <laughs> it, 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 it will, you know. Uh, I love you, Tam. Thank you for being a loyal listener. I uh, know. And, no. and do like do like Tamara T, Jeremiah Clark, Israel Carey, and a lot of the other ones in here, Chuck Hunt. Make sure Michael Rodon Reed. Make sure y'all hit the like and subscribe button. Share this podcast with a friend. Share it with a co-worker. Share it with your doggone children. I don't care who you share it with. <laughs> Let's get these numbers up. Let's get these numbers up so we can keep this content coming for you. Where else can but the Black College Sports Network, the four-letter network that you need to know about, can you get intelligent conversation about HBCU sports? Well said, Drew. Next week, over-unders. That's the theme of next week's show. So get ready. We're going to drop the official BCSN over-unders. I'm going to really do some research and try to set a good, honest line and then give everybody a chance uh, to uh, to, uh, uh, to to uh, to to pick their team. So uh, also, don't forget, coming real soon, SIC Gridiron. Is that the name of the show? Is that the name of the show we're going with? SIC Gridiron. When is that first show dropping, Drew? Uh, it's either going to drop a week from Monday or two weeks from Monday. All right. So that new show is coming up. Uh, I think we got a couple other new shows as well that we'll be dropping uh, on the BCSN uh, network. Thank you to everybody. Uh, some new, some new faces, uh, some new names. I, you know, so we appreciate you guys uh, to, to some degree being civil. Um, shout out to yeah. Roy, shout out to my boy Royal, straight out of the I love. And you know what's ironic about that, uh, Brian? What's that? His nickname is Blue. I know I know Royal from back in Skiki. Okay. Well, uh, welcome. Appreciate you and uh, appreciate everybody on uh, Facebook as well as uh, YouTube. Uh, Edward, you got in late, but you can always go back in. Uh, uh, watch the watch the stream again. You can watch it live, uh, like you like you like you never missed anything uh, before. So that that's always there. Hey, uh, again, thanks to everybody. Let's get out of here uh, for uh, no guest today. It's just AD and I. But we got to thank Dr. Charles McClellan for making an appearance on the show. So we'll we'll say shout out to Doc. Thank you to all of you guys for our participation with uh with with uh with our in our interaction today it was outstanding it was wonderful i got uh, you jay 
You know how to, you, you know where to come. You know how to hit me up. We in the playing the stage now. Come on in, Jay. I got you, man. Love it. Love it. Making deals and making moves. So that's going to do it for tonight's show. For AD Drew, I'm Brian Fulford. Uh, thanks for watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Proud to be here into our seventh year of doing this show. And we're looking for the seventh year to be the lucky one, lucky seven. And we're going to hit it big this year. Thanks for watching, everybody. Be safe. Good night. Peace out. Have a light, everybody. Well, holla. But you stay on hard.